0: hello and welcome to local legends i'm chi outdoor fitness coach and i am your host local legends is a conversation with passionate cyclists who impact riding in southern california and specifically san diego here comes my next local legend So, I'm super excited to have Brendan as my guest um, today um, with the Stagecoach 400 coming up pretty soon in March um, 25th, I believe. I thought it'd be fun to get him on the show and talk a little bit more about Stagecoach and where it came from and its roots, and also his um, passion for hub cycling and the community and all of that. Um, I met Brendan almost about 10 years ago when I was doing a lot of riding in Idaho, I with my own friends, and they're like, oh, you need to come to the Hub Cyclery. And then after riding with him and doing some of Brendan's fun kind of kooky events, and I say kooky only because you never knew what was going to happen. You could have a shot of whiskey, but you always were having a good time exploring. And then he says, gee, you should do the stagecoach 400. Um, I've never really bike packed before. I've done some adventure racing. And so I did this crazy race, nearly killed me, um, and had uh definitely, definitely a big part of who I am for sure. Only because, um, I didn't quit. I finished, but it was terribly, terribly challenging for me. Um, but it's just super cool that this even exists. So, Uh, enough of that enjoy this interview with brendan i found it very um it felt like i was just sitting next to him having a beer like old times um it's the first time i've actually recorded this where i was not in person this is the first time i did it um just by the phone but nonetheless i felt like he was just right there um, next to me we were just having a good chat so enjoy hello and welcome brendan
1: (laughs) hey good morning
0: So stoked to have you um, as my guest for Local Legends and um, I guess I'm going to just go ahead and start by saying that um, it's super cool to have this time with you because you and I have gone back I don't even know how long ago and you have been a while and the whole the whole concept of Local Legends is people who um, inspire or create some type of um, synergy for others to ride, and you definitely, definitely did that for me back when oh. I did the stagecoach for the first time. So um, wow. it's great to, to bring you back full circle. So you um, have two things that I that I account you for, and there's probably more. One is the stagecoach 400, and the other one is a hub cyclery. And I think I want to start with the hub cyclery because
1: okay.
0: congratulations is in order
1: it's wild isn't it um but yeah thank you so much i'm 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 so far having a really good time with it and i i kind of can't believe we're doing it again
0: okay so <laughs> so you just opened why don't you tell me more about um what's going on because the hub there's a lot of routes to the hub so you just um, launched hub cyclery in la correct
1: i did and we're going to be doing a mobile version of it um, in Idlewild, which <laughs> may be ironic because, you know, it used to be our only shop was in Idlewild. Like, you know, it wasn't a big shop, but it was definitely a, you know, a sizable brick and mortar store. Um, so yeah, it, it just kind of happens. Like it's, it's wild how life can, can send you in these directions. Um, but yeah, so our, our new shop is in Los Angeles in Northeast LA and Highland Park. Um, <laughs> and kind of the quick backstory, is i met a lady uh, amanda and uh i've been spending quite a bit of time with her we in fact we've been we've been splitting time between la and idlewild and when i first started going to la several months ago um i looked up you know the this place called a block which is a uh, like a bike themed cafe um okay. which is there in highland park and i like made friends with the owners because I was just like like you know it was like a magnet right because like bikes 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 so um and then they they had a mechanic there who uh Olson who has ended up uh moving out of town he moved to Boston and I just like out of curiosity one day was like so like what's going on with the bike mechanic thing and they're like we don't have a new bike mechanic uh you you want to do that and I was like at first I was like Oh no, that that would be crazy. And then, like, like one minute later, I was like, "Well, but wait, what? If, what if I did?" Um, so yeah, we went ahead uh, and uh, opened a, a little bit of space there inside a block. Um, like for now, I'm going to be doing repair only. Um, you know, ser- services, repairs, like fittings and and <laughs> clinics and 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 just things that don't require me to inventory a lot of product. That's that what is, I'm gonna do. yeah um so i'm going to be there uh half time and i'm still kind of sorting out um I- exactly how many hours i'm going to do it and i'm, I'm going to try to be um about uh, my time investment there so i'm trying to do a lot of like appointment based stuff and then i'll you know i'll, I'll be present there um uh, when it when it matters for you know important stuff and rides and, and that kind of stuff but i'm going to continue to do my normal day job which is i'm a carpenter and i and i um oh renovate Airstream trailers. So, um, I'm, I, it's crazy, but I love being a part of the bike world in this capacity all over again.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm familiar with LA LA a little bit. What is the biking like up in LA?
1: Well, um, there's, uh, so Northeast LA. So LA is so big and, <laughs> and me being fairly new to LA, like I realized, there, there's so much more to LA than just say, Oh, LA is like this or that. Cause like the West side is very, very different than say the East side where we are. Um, but we are near uh, the San Gabriel mountains and yeah. probably places you've heard of like JPL El Prieto trail. Um, some of those areas that's, I think darn, I can't remember as the crow flies, but it's like a short enough pedal that I, uh, I, I can ride my bike to the mountains. And I can get into single oh. track. Yeah. Um, but the like gravel bikes really make a lot of sense. Um, oh. I mean, as they do, kind of in a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so I'm actually uh, I'm actually borrowing a single speed gravel bike um, from Keld, uh, one of the owners of a block, and uh, I, I just started riding that yesterday, as a matter of fact, and um, I'm kind of having a real good time with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely a. A market or an industry or I don't know. It's it's definitely a, a, a fun type of riding for sure. Um uh I try to resist but I, I couldn't anymore and now yep. I think I ride gravel like 70% of the time. So yeah. uh, that's super cool. So in LA a lot of people are doing gravel, still a lot of road and mountain bike I assume.
1: Tons of road. Um like like full on like like real deal road there's there's a lot of that. Um, there's definitely <laughs> a lot of gravel. Um And then me being like, I'm such a mountain biker, like, like I'm just such like a knuckle dragging mountain biker, even that like, you know, (laughs) like I've always been into single speeds and, and like, just really gnar, like mountain biking. Um, Yeah, there's not as many, there's not as much of that. Uh, Right. Maybe I just haven't found those people yet. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's, it's, it's cool doing new things on bikes. I guess that's, that's really the deal for me.
0: Absolutely. And so how did it feel to put, bring the hub out of its, uh, I don't know where, where was it? And like, was that like bringing back an an old friend when you brought the hub cyclery sign back out?
1: I mean, a hundred percent that, um, yeah, like it's been, there There've been a lot of moments of emotion. Um, because like when I, I opened the hub in 2011 originally and, like I don't know like my kids were really involved with it and they kind of like like learned to walk inside the bike shop you know I remember Um, yeah like they were little guys and um so that there are definitely a lot of memories involved with it and like gosh we had we had so much fun at the hub in Idlewild and yeah like like literally bringing the sign out like the stained glass one um I totally refurbished it and built a new frame for it and all this stuff and I've I've been doing all this work on some of my old fixtures that I like built by hand back in the day. Uh, yeah. Pretty emotional stuff. Pretty cool. And like I, the, the, the neat thing is I'm not looking at it as my only means of income now, mm-hmm. which is liberating um, and probably necessary. <laughs> um, so it feels freaking awesome. Like I, I am thrilled. Like I, like I'm waking up earlier in the morning just to like mm-hmm. get into hub stuff because I'm pretty motivated about it. Yeah.
0: Very <laughs> good. cool. And I'm sure Crazy, you've right? over the last 10 years about like service and being efficient and I don't know, I don't want to say creating boundaries, but you probably do a good job of like, I can do this. I can't, this is a realistic, you know, turnaround time. I'm sure there's a lot of wisdom that came in the last 20 years
1: Definitely that. Um, And and it's funny you say boundaries, because that's actually one of them is like, I I have to be prepared to say no to stuff, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, be it like certain retail things or, or even just certain commitments that like time commitments of myself or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I really want this new version of the hub. And by the way, I, I don't want to understate like like I want to bring it back to Idlewild too. And like like there's so much on oh. to Idlewild also. Like so that oh, cool. the, the, the Idlewild version will be different than the LA version. And the, the LA version I anticipate just like I'm gonna do a lot, a lot of repairs. And and I hope to like um you know, I I, I wanna I wanna like teach like a new generation of people about bikepacking, you know, that that's that's cool. Um but then in Idlewild, I mean, there's it feels weird to say, but like, you know, people have told me that like, Hey, there's really like, we've, we've really missed having a bike shop in this town and and having like a bike stoke about it. So yeah, like I, I want it to serve the communities and I want to have fun with it and it sounds odd, but it's like really important to me that my kids are involved with it and that they have a good time with it too.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: And beyond that, I'm not going to try to turn myself inside out to like, be super cool or to like have exactly the right stuff or etc etc so I don't know I'm gonna figure it out as I go but I'm gonna make sure we have fun
0: yeah I was gonna ask you about what the boys think of of the shop but I didn't know what that meant but the fact that you're like no I want them to be part of it that's that's super super cool they definitely grew up there for in the shop I saw them um there as well well you mentioned bikepacking and i think that's Mm -hmm. a good segue about talking about stagecoach 400 it's coming up next weekend um you guys do it every year around this time and give me the history behind it to start with because i know i did it in like 2014 and um so tell me about it and, and where your role was in it
1: Okay. Um, well, so 2012 was our first year, excuse me, 2012 was our first year. Um, the background to it was like, we had been bike packing, uh, around Idlewild and, and like, especially with my buddy Dave, um, Dave C. Um, we had started doing these like more and more ambitious bike rides where we were like um, let's go from Idlewild all the way to San Diego like let's ride to the ocean or let's ride to Noble Canyon so that we can ride that single track down <laughs> Noble Canyon and so we had these like funny goals and a lot of it is because I'm, I'm a Midwesterner and um, moving out here from Illinois yeah. uh, it was blowing my mind that you could be on a mountain and see the ocean. I was like, this is, this is really cool. Like these are, these are two things you do not see in (laughs) Illinois." So, um, that was like the original inspiration for the route was actually starting to piece together all these things that we had been doing previously. Like we'd been riding all these crazy places and then we're like, Oh, we could kind of make a loop of this. Um, so, and I, full disclosure, I had ridden, or I had attempted to ride uh, Arizona trail 300 in 2010. And I broke my bike, a bike that I had welded myself. Um, I broke the chain stay on it. I was super embarrassed. Um, and was like, I need to make my own route to make people come to me. Cause I can't be traveling like this. So, um, <laughs> literally that was part of why we created the state Church 400 was just like, was like, why not just make our own cool bike route? Um, so we did, and yeah, people came and people like it. Um, and yeah, we've been running it every year since then. Uh, surprisingly, we, we didn't even miss, uh, the, the pandemic didn't even slow it down because the grand depart in 2020 was on March 13th. Um, uh-huh. And we made like a last minute call. We we're like, well, and I think in retrospect, it was, it was valid. Like we're like, well, we're gonna be outside away from everybody, might as well do it. Yeah. Um, and then came out of lockdown in, for a little bit in the 2021 uh, event, so it went also. Um, but yeah, I handed it over to Meg Noble two years ago. Um, so she is now the, the not race director or the, the not organizer as we like to call it. Um, and that was to kind of free myself from it. Like I've, I've I had a blast putting it together and creating the route. Um, and I just thought it was good to hand it off to somebody else who could put new energy into the event. And she certainly has, she's doing an amazing job with it. And I think that there's like a whole new generation of stagecoach happening now. Um, I think she is absolutely the perfect person for the job and I'm really happy that she's taken it over.
0: Yeah, that was going to, I was going to ask you how, how, so it started in 2012. And so basically this is the 10th year running, um, so how has it evolved? I have my ideas, but I'm curious, like what you see,
1: especially with bike. yeah. So, I'm
0: sorry. And oh, and with fitness, I mean, people are now trying to do it quicker and quicker. I assume, or maybe not. I don't know. So, what what have you seen the most? Are, some, are there themes or?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, yes and no to the to the fast pace. Okay. Um, so initially. Um, we were kind of creating this event as like a jump off for Tour Divide. And and it's funny because back then there were some people who were saying it's way too technical to to use as a preparation for Tour Divide. But my philosophy was like, it's hard. It's several days on your bike. And like, what else are you doing in the spring? Like, let's go ride in Southern California. Um, So it initially attracted a lot of very fit experienced bike packers who were preparing for tour divide. Mm. And then we started catching more Southern Californians, especially San Diegans. Mm. Um, and then it was like, I know from, from my own experience, and I think a lot of people had a similar experience, at least the people who do it year after year was like, we initially try to do it hard and fast and mm-hmm. then we get really comfortable with it. And then it's actually really nice to do it kind of slow. Um, I really like doing it in four days. um the fastest i've done it is just under three days wow so i've never i've never been like super duper fast um but it became a a pretty popular touring route and i'd say it it definitely still has that where there's there's people who are riding it you know year-round um in most seasons even um and then yes we definitely do still get people who come and like post up very fast times um The fastest times were actually, like, five years ago. Okay. Yeah, five, five, six years ago. And those were, like, 39-hour times.
0: Holy cow. Who who was that?
1: Uh, So, like, Eddie Odea, um, and I apologize, I can't remember what year, but he did it in 39 hours. And if if I recall correctly, his total average speed was like north of 12 miles an hour somewhere near 12 miles an hour and that like included stops and everything it was like um he was just really fast um and the funny thing is i think he's the only person ever to have won it on a 26 inch mountain bike (laughs) he not only won it but he he posted the fastest ever time of it so um that's pretty cool uh but yeah we've had a lot of times like in that like sub 48 hour range um usually it's like the top five people are very fast and then the like like say on a year a lot of times we have about 80 people um which is about where we like to keep it um it's become more popular and more people want to do it but we have to kind of limit it now um so yeah we'll have like people like like the top five people will be very fast and okay. then Like, say, the next 20 are in that, like, three-day range, which is, like, very hard. Uh, But that means that there's some sleeping involved. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, like, the the back half of the route is, like, people who are just, like, blissing out with it and, like, stopping for really good food and and taking pictures of the sunset and that sort of thing. Yeah. Awesome, too.
0: I think I failed to... Because I know it, uh, and you and I are like, yeah, we've done it. Um, I think I failed to like even explain. I know the, the the route. Do you want to tell more about like the mileage, the elevation, and the general route, just so people have never they've probably heard. Not sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so the ride starts and ends in Idlewild. Um, <laughs> which is, you know, not the most convenient location to get to, but, uh, I've always liked starting it and ending it there because it kind of, I've always like felt this kinship with Idlewild and wanting it to, to be Idlewild's race, not, not like a city's race. Um, so we start and end in Idlewild, which is a great place to just, you know, hang out and actually meet the other riders before and after the the event. Um, we ride now, um, Mm -hmm. towards San Diego, um, through like that rural San Diego County, that's real beautiful, um, albeit hilly. Um, so there's already like even as you're trending downhill, there's there's a lot of climbs. Um, we hit San Diego uh, on uh, uh, on the coast uh, near Solana Beach. Then we head south all the way through downtown San Diego um, out to uh, National City, Chula Vista, and then start climbing back out through. Alpine and the lagunas the cuyamacas and then we drop down into the Anza Borrego desert which is mm-hmm. real different <laughs> and uh, we cross the entire Anzabarrego desert
0: Cool mm-hmm.
1: yep um, that's a whole other vibe whole other kind of riding and then climb from there uh, up Coyote Canyon which is a, a very wild canyon that doesn't get a lot of traffic or, or human powered use or really any use um, back up to Idawild so, the route, it, because we change it, it always changes a little bit. It's been like 383 miles. It's never truly been quite 400 miles. Um, I think now it's in the 375 range. The gain is more than 30,000 feet. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a lot of climbing. Um, and let's see, the surfaces, <clears throat> I want to say, you'd think I would have these stats down, but I don't. It's There's... <laughs> There's a fair bit of pavement, but, but generally we, we use pavement where we have to. Okay. Um, you know, like through downtown San Diego, um, we obviously use pavement there and then we use some bike paths getting out. But so it's everything from pavement um, to, you know, mandatory hike a bike through a very rocky canyon. Uh, there's single track. There's a lot of double track, of course. Um, some of the double track is nice. Some of it is not. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> it's definitely a mountain bike ride um i would say there's no perfect mountain bike for it but generally the one that i've had the most success with has been like a full suspension 29 inch bike okay yeah it's it's the most comfortable for me yeah. um but you know i've ridden it several times on hardtails um i've ridden it once on drop bars yeah um yeah it's you you run what you run
0: and then and then the other component is that it's not not um What's it called? It's not, I don't want to say non-assisted. It's a, yeah, it's self-supported, not self-supported. So people bring all their own stuff. They can use anything available from a gas station to a hotel, but there's no like anyone saying make a left here. <laughs> like Correct. Correct.
1: So there's, yes, you have to, uh, let's see. I'm trying to try to remember the most concise rule we have, um, is ride the entire route under your own power, um, using no prearranged or outside support so um that means you ride the whole thing navigating it on your own you fix stuff that you need to fix you you, you can buy food anywhere you want to buy food mm-hmm. um but you can't do anything like you can't like stash water or have a friend meet you and like hand you a beer um ouch so, well yeah i know (laughs) but that's what kind of makes it fair for you know we get a lot of canadians who fly in and and you know for them they don't necessarily have friends in the area so um the exception to that of course is is trail magic does exist so if somebody wants to like you know make grilled cheese sandwiches for everybody at some random spot that's cool um those kind of things do happen
0: sometimes that is very cool okay so you, I was going to ask you about how many people do it, and you're saying that you're limited to 80 people. Of those, 80, they're about. They're about. Ha, what's the completion rate? Has it gone up since you started? Is it kind of, you know, about the same?
1: Um, it has gone up. So the first three years we were running it clockwise. Yes. Um, and we had issues with that because it more or less made your first day, a mandatory 112 mile day, including crossing the desert. And yeah. the reason you, you kind of had to do that because if you slept in the desert, you were going to be pretty dehydrated in the morning, not not being able to have access to water. Yeah. Um, so essentially I noticed that we never had anybody finish who didn't make that 112 mile first day, which was uh, real hard. So we ended up changing that. Okay. Um, we also changed it for... Kind of uh, like pressure on natural resources. The, um, the state park, uh, we, we didn't want to have so many bike riders coming through the state park at once on the first day. Uh. So at that time, we were losing, this is really terrible to say, but we were losing uh, minimally 30% of the field in the first day, um, which is pretty rough, you know, when people have been training and, and aspiring to do this ride for a while. Um, now that we have flipped it it's pretty much you can you can have a mild first day and 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 ride yourself into fitness if you want um so i want to say and i don't think i can actually be quoted reliably on this but i want to say we have about 70 percent finishing
0: oh wow that's
1: great. now total as opposed to it was like down to like 50 it was we were losing a ton on the first day and then more and more and more trickling off before so yeah we have a lot of finishers now um great it's never easy there's nothing easy about it but but it allows you to suffer longer so
0: yeah oh no, I, yeah. I went in it i was the last one to do it the the clockwise way and we okay. slept, we slept in the base of the we didn't make the 112 or 20 oh okay so we and had yet you finished yeah well <laughs> everybody kind of quit around me and so we were just cooling off and just kind of cool down a little bit we going through the desert was really really hard um you know when, yeah. when look at it from a map of what you have to do, you overestimate how fast it's gonna take you and you don't realize how hard the terrain is. Yeah. From a, and so uh, that was quite the quite the shock. We were like, oh yeah, we can do a hundred miles easy. And then you're it's a whole different story when you're there. Um so I I I told you earlier that I was talking with Ranger Dave. He was he was a, a recent local legend. Your name came yeah. up Okay I asked him, hey, have you ever done bikepacking? Because that never came up in our conversation. He's like, actually, I've done the Stagecoach 400. And I was like, oh, very cool. And he spoke very highly of you, how much you were able to help him prepare. And I'm sure you have helped a lot of people prepare. Uh, And I wanted to ask you, where do you, people who've never bikepacked, like, where do you see them? Like, what, what advice is a typical advice for people? I mean, I'm sure it's going as light. Possible, but is it um gear? Is it like just what are the expectations that they see and the ones that they don't see?
1: Got it. Um, a of all, I had so much fun riding with Ranger Dave and I miss him because I, I haven't seen him in at least a couple of years. And we had, oh gosh, we had so much fun riding together. I would just love to go back in time and have a taste of that again. um <laughs> Wow. So, but yeah, to answer your question about um, that, about like, the preparation, I really feel it comes to comfort levels okay. of like a few categories. So like like A are you comfortable riding your bike? Um and and like like do you feel that you've like mastered the ability to like 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 handle your bike in the terrain that you're gonna go on and you know fix the most probable things that might happen? Like are you able to fix a flat tire if, if you're gonna have that <laughs> or or whatever those things are. So like, that's a category in itself that you can like see as a bottleneck. Like some people are like, Oh, I'm really good at camping, but I'm not, but like the spike is too technical for me or something. So there's that. And then there's the ability to just be outside and experience the weather changes that you're going to anticipate and how to fuel yourself for those situations. So I actually, with, some people who are new to it, I, I kind of try to isolate those things where like sometimes it's good to just even get more hiking experience in. And if you're, <laughs> yeah, like, like just to just to know, you know, like, oh, around, you know, dusk, I get chilly and I, and I like to have a beanie hat. But like if you, for instance, become comfortable being outside after dark, you become comfortable sleeping outside after dark obviously after dark um then you can start combining that stuff with the bike and a lot of the stuff is 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 not rocket science like as far as loading the bike there are best practices for that you know you, you and, and you learn those things like okay i'm going to put more weight on my rear wheel as, if i can and a little bit less on my front wheel if i can etc cetera, etc cetera. and the more comfortable you are with all of those things the more able you are to carry less weight, which then translates to going faster, more comfortably with a better handling bike. Yeah. Um, so generally, I like to start like I've, I've, I've met people who came from like motorcycle touring backgrounds who had vast experience camping, but like very little on the bike. And it's like, well, just just ride a bunch and feel really good about the bike that you've picked, you okay. know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and i also like to tell people just to start with the bike they have you don't need to buy a specialized bike packing bike just okay. whatever your bike is just just start with that one
0: awesome and the, the stuff that you've had is it stuff that you've had all this whole time or do you think that the materials and uh, equipment have changed with the uh, i'm am assuming there's a big bike packing like community in surge
1: sure so the gear is is real good now yeah. <laughs> it's Okay. <so> much better <laughs> okay
0: cool
1: yeah it's it's so much better so uh that like some of those first bike packs that I was doing with Dave um gosh I want to say like 2009 2010 time frame um we didn't have purpose-made bike packing gear because it, it was starting like it existed but it was real hard to get um, like I was on a waiting list for like six months for my first seat bag. Um, so we were like strapping bags <laughs> to our handlebars and strapping them to our seat.
0: And oh. just,
1: yeah. Like doing whatever. And now like, Holy moly, there's all kinds of really great gear that, you know, has a great interface to, you know, attach to your bike and, and it carries the stuff just right. And, and, you know, it's, it, it's organized, it looks good, it's lightweight, it's waterproof, it's, it's like whatever you want it to be. There's, there's great stuff out there now.
0: Awesome. That's good to know, because I, I, my stuff is the same stuff that I had 10 years ago, and, you know, I don't know if, if how much it's evolved over the time, over the years. Uh, are you still bikepacking on your own?
1: Uh, oh, oh, I'm a little embarrassed by this question. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have not been on a bike pack in more than a year. And, um, my friend, uh, Aaron Vasquez and I were actually going to do a bike pack just a few weeks ago out of LA. And then we, <laughs> we both at the last minute chickened out because the overnight temperature was going to be in the mid twenties. Yeah, And I was like, I don't want to be that cold. So, uh, we didn't go, um, we are planning another one imminently, like, like in the next few weeks We're I'm going to finally go out on another bike pack. It's been too long. It, it yeah, I. Um, I haven't done a bike pack recently. Um, but I am super eager, especially I guess with all the buzz that I'm I'm doing now with the new shop and all that. I'm like I, I'm pretty energized about it again.
0: Yeah, that's great. Cause sometimes the stagecoach well, this is sorry, I was gonna say stagecoach four hundred may be something too much for people. Like I wanna do something like that, but that's a little long. I wonder if, you know, people would do like a stagecoach one hundred <laughs> or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, start now. Um, and you know, as far as like there's actually doing bits and pieces of the stagecoach is a great way to do it. Yeah. Um, especially if you live in San Diego, you can just paddle right out of your door and hit some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, I, I think the best way to start is, is a start now, but um, just start with something small, like, mm-hmm. like just, just go do an overnighter. Um, and even if it's not that far away from your house, if you want to have like that, that like security of like, well, I don't know if things get weird. I can just pedal home. That's yeah. great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I have two small questions for Stagecoach. coach. Um, one is do you have a favorite memory, like something that like stuck with you good or bad and differently, you know, one of those type two funds <laughs> type. three Yeah.
1: Um, that I would say best memory. Gosh, I have a lot of memories of stage. I've written it nine times. Um, oh, wow. So I think it's funny, one of the first memories that comes, so this guy Tyrell Bede, who I used to ride with a lot, um, I met him by way, uh, it was when we were were going clockwise, Um, we were crossing the um, Ansbourigo Desert in the middle of the night, and it was a very, very soft sand year, so we were like hour 14 or 16 or something like that like dead of night, very, very tired. Um, I ran out of water and um, was just like by myself and decided, you know, I could do some company. So what I did, I put my bike down on the trail and I laid myself out in the trail and just fell asleep until the next person came up behind me and like would wake me up. So I like forced him to wake me up and it was Tyrell. And we ended up riding together for the rest of the route and like getting to know him and well getting to know each other. And that, that was great. So like, Memories like that of just meeting people and then spending days kind of suffering together, um, seeing the sunrise, seeing the sunset, just hurting, but 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 hurting in a good way. Like, that's what I love about stagecoach.
0: That's great. Very good. Um, I think, yeah, I, I'm smiling <laughs> because I can completely relate. That's, that's awesome. Right, yeah. And then, oh if people. I'm hoping that this goes. Um, I can publish this before in the next week. If people are like, "Oh, I want, to, I want to re- read more about it," or I want to see where they're at, is there a way for people to follow along, or do you have to be doing it to know where people are?
1: Great question. Um, it has satellite tracking, so okay. that's done through TrackLeaders.com. Okay. And uh, if you see, um, like any. It, if you go to really any of the stagecoach pages, like the stuff that Meg is now running, okay. Um, there will be links to the live tracker. So that will show you in real time where most of the riders are. It doesn't not, not everybody necessarily carries a satellite tracker. Um, okay. but you can follow along that way.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Cool. I will definitely look into that and put some links up when I when I post this. And I'd love to finish with you talked about being a carpenter and renovating Airstream. Um, trailers and and I for some reason was thinking instantly of the the Mercedes you know sprinter vans but this is not that that this is a different thing um, what is that about like uh, what what kind of yeah tell me about that um,
1: <laughs> it's kind of the same thing so like uh, last year I, I built a Ford transit van from scratch like for a, a camper for a client but yeah what it is is um, so when I closed the shop um, I, I needed new work and I apprenticed with a cabinet maker uh, and I got into finished carpentry did all these things and I was working on a construction crew and then uh, I I had a a small airstream of my own a a 63 Bambi that uh, has been in my family for quite a while and I was um, using that when the pandemic hit all of a sudden campers were really popular and in demand and I had people asking me if as a carpenter and as a person who's knowledgeable about camping and had an Airstream, if I could like start building these things. So I've ended up kind of falling into the Airstream niche, but um, I've done, yeah, a couple of vans now and a couple minor uh, conversions for vans and a couple of major ones. And then Absolutely. I think, yeah, right now I have three Airstreams I'm working on for various clients and um, I'm really enjoying it. But yeah, it kind of came from the pandemic of people enjoying them and also um for a little while there my the crew i was working on was actually shut down because of covid uh and this was a job i could do on my own so i've, I've been doing that ever since
0: wow so are, do people just call you and like brendan i'm 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 going to be doing this can you help me out or or do you not solicit yourself
1: um i'm not that great at marketing myself i right? <laughs> uh, so mostly it's been some word of mouth referrals um I'm on Instagram as Airstream Jedi and uh, pe- some cool. people find me that way. A lot of what I end up doing is um, like helping DIYers get to the finish line. So like somebody maybe started a van or started an Airstream and then they got into something really technical, like maybe the solar or the plumbing or, or any number of things. Um, and then they help me with like, or I help them with a portion of that. Um, so um yeah. And ironically, part of the inspiration of doing the hub in L.A. is because I've been enjoying spending time in L.A., but I don't have room to fit an Airstream there because, you know, that they're big and uh, <laughs> <laughs> real estate's cheaper here in Idlewild.
0: Got it. That's really cool. I, I didn't know that that's what you were doing. Um, I'll definitely look into the Airstream Jedi uh, Instagram cool. nice. see what you're doing out there. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Um, and so what do you, are you riding a lot? I guess sound like you want you're doing a lot more gravel.
1: Uh, the gravel is brand new to me. I am, I think, the last person on the planet to do gravel. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've been pedaling. Like, it's funny. So my friend Aaron in L.A., um, I my first several rides with him, I'd be like, OK, we're going to meet at such and such time. And then I'd ride to meet him he's on his gravel bike and I'm there with my Hayduke, my, my Esker Hayduke, which is my bike packing bike. And it's got, you know, it's got plus tires and I'm chasing him around on asphalt and just like, just dying, like trying to keep up. So, um, yeah, I've been riding that a bunch, my trail bike, a bunch, and now the gravel bike. Um, just a couple weeks ago, I, I rode Four days in a row, which for me is a is a bit more than I've been accustomed to, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm quite happy to make a habit of
0: that. Yeah, that's rad. Well, good well, for you.
1: Thanks.
0: Cool. Well, it sounds like you got a lot of great things around you that are all like very inspiring and exciting, and really happy to hear um, where you are, and look forward to to seeing you one day, hopefully. And yeah. Yeah, I would I'm- love
1: it. Yeah, please come up and ride and and let's let's do a thing.
0: Let's do it. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Great great to hear from you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for being my host today and um I'm really I'm really excited that we had some people there. You you ah. been a really big person in my life. So, it's very cool.
1: Dang. Well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. Well, have a wonderful day, Brendan. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast and my interview with Brendan. Um, It's just such a good time to revisit some really good memories and share more about what Stagecoach 400, um, how it was created, and what it's about. I know I learned um, lots about that as well and a little bit more about Brendan. So if you're enjoying this podcast and look forward to hearing my next guest, please uh, consider supporting me on Patreon. Um, I have two tiers, a supporter and a fan. Um, It's the cost of a beer or a coffee, and it would mean a lot to me, and I appreciate all those who have and are supporting me um, on Patreon. So have an awesome day, and here's a little clip of something I've been playing and practicing on my guitar.